name is Jessie Craig. I am an aspiring teacher studying special education at Riviera University. My goal today is to help you, the listener, to better understand what it means to have a child, student, friend, or even sibling who has a specific learning disability. I will be discussing some of the history of special education, how a student might receive the diagnosis of specific learning disability, the definition of specific learning disability and how it is different for students, as well as some suggestions about how to support these students in the classroom. Before I started studying special education, I thought that anyone who received special education services in a school had a learning disability. Maybe this is what you thought as well. However, this is not the case. Before I explain why, I'm going to go over a little bit of history. Although there were a number of events that made an impact on special education prior to 1975, this is when a law was passed called the Education for All Handicapped Children's Act. The principles that are discussed in this law were then used to create IDEA, or the Individuals with Disability Education Act. The most recent version of this law was passed in 2004. Its main goal was to help students by providing them with support through special education services. There are a number of topics that are covered by the IDEA that make a difference for students every day. This law requires that any public school must provide specialized services for students with disabilities from the age of 3 to the age of 21. Now you might have a couple questions. One of them might be, what about children under the age of three? And the answer to that is early intervention. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time today to get into this topic. However, it is also covered under IDEA. Something else you might be asking yourself is what qualifies as a disability? And this is covered under IDEA. So let's get into it. Under the Individual with Disability Education Act, there are 13 different categories of disabilities with definitions for each one. Anyone who qualifies within these 13 categories will receive special education services. Specific learning disability is only one of those 13 categories. Hopefully, this has cleared up some misconceptions that you may have had about special education. Now that you have some historical context about special education as a whole, let's dive a little bit deeper into specific learning disability. According to IDEA, specific learning disability can be defined as a disorder in one or more of the basic psychological processes involved in understanding or in using language spoken or written that may manifest itself in the imperfect ability to listen, think, speak, read, write, spell, 
or do mathematical calculations. This term does not include learning problems that are a primary result of visual, hearing, or motor disability, of intellectual disability, of emotional disturbance, or of environmental, cultural, or economic disadvantages. You're probably thinking, what is exactly does all this mean? So let me break it down. The technical definition is basically saying that a student who struggles in one or more of the areas listed might have a specific learning disability, so long as those struggles are not the result of a different disability. Some of the signs might include difficulty in reading, writing, and mathematical reasoning, inaccurate or slow reading and writing, writing that lacks clarity, inaccurate mathematical reasoning, or difficulty remembering facts when learning simple addition or multiplication. I'm sure that you are thinking that maybe you didn't care for math when you were in school, or maybe you're still in school and math is hard for you. However, it's a little more complicated than this. In order to qualify for services, a student must first receive a diagnosis. Then the team will meet to discuss what services the student will require and write an IEP. So let's talk a little bit about this process. The first step in this process is referral. Anybody can refer a child for special education. When referring a child, it's helpful to bring a list of observations. However, just because a child is referred does not mean that they will qualify and receive services. This is where observation and testing will occur. When it comes to specific learning disability, there are five different evaluations that must be done. The first is classroom observation. This is exactly what it sounds like. A student will be observed throughout different parts of their day for an allotted amount of time. These observations can be done and information recorded by a school psychologist, a certified educator, a guidance counselor, a psychologist, or a SAFE. Next, the student will be given two different assessments. The first is an academic performance assessment. This assessment measures students' academic abilities in different areas. This assessment can be performed by a school psychologist, a certified educator, a guidance counselor, a psychologist, or a SAFE. The other assessment given is an intelligence assessment. This is used to measure a student's IQ. This assessment can be done by a school psychologist, a psychologist, or a SAFE. Finally, the student will complete a hearing and vision screening. The hearing screening can be completed by an audiologist, an otolaryngologist, an otologist, or a school nurse. The vision screening can be completed by an ophthalmologist, optometrist, or a school nurse. The purpose of these screenings is to ensure that any learning difficulties are not the result of any underlying issues. It can also be used to see if a student may have difficulty tracking. Once all five assessments have been completed, the information will be analyzed and the results will be compiled, 
and then the team will meet to discuss their findings. This team will typically include the student's parents, at least one regular education teacher, at least one special education teacher, a case manager, anyone who performed an assessment with the child, and a school psychologist. Some additional people who might be part of the team meetings are any specialists who might work with the student and the student themselves. When the team meets, each person will share relevant information about the student. Once all information has been shared, together they will go through a specific learning disability or SLD eligibility determination form. This form is going to be different depending on where the student goes to school. However, the forms are all the same in the fact that they are used to determine if a child has an SLD based on the outcomes of the evaluations given and the discussions that have taken place. Now, let's say that the team comes to the conclusion that a child has a specific learning disability. You might be wondering what happens next. So let's talk about that. Once a student has received the diagnosis of a specific learning disability, the team will work together to create an individualized education plan, also known as an IEP, for that student. An IEP is used to help students by providing them with services based on their areas of struggle. It is also used to create learning goals for the student. These services will be presented in the classroom as accommodations that will help each student reach their learning goals. However, not every child who has the diagnosis of specific learning disability will receive the same accommodations. I bet you're wondering why exactly this is. Part of the answer is that every student learns differently, so what helps one student might not work for the next student. The other part of the answer is that specific learning disability can manifest itself in different ways. I think it's important to talk about the different forms of specific learning disability. SLD can typically be broken down into three separate categories. The first category is dyslexia. This is typically going to manifest itself through struggles in the area of literacy. Some characteristics of this manifestation are troubles connecting letters and sounds, consistent letter confusion, difficulty spelling, slow or labored reading, especially when reading orally, and having a hard time organizing oral and written language. The second category is dysgraphia. This is typically going to manifest itself when writing. Some characteristics of this manifestation are the inability to transfer thoughts onto paper, awkward pencil grip and body posture when writing, illegible handwriting, incorrect spacing or orientation of letters or words, and trouble with tasks that require thinking while writing. The last category is dyscalculia. This is typically going to manifest itself through struggles with mathematics. Some characteristics of this might include struggles with basic calculations, number facts, or counting, inability to tell time, count money, or take measurements, trouble with mental math or problem solving, 
and trouble sorting or recognizing patterns. It is important to note that a student can only receive a specific diagnosis explained by a certified doctor. Therefore, when discussing the category a student might fit into, an example of a typical phrasing that would be used is a specific learning disability which struggles in the area of mathematics. Now that you have some information about the different categories of specific learning disability, let's talk about some of the accommodations that might be helpful for students in the classroom. For students with a specific learning disability that struggle in the area of literacy, some accommodations might include reading trackers, audiobooks, speech-to-text software, extended time for projects, tests, or other assignments, modified worksheets, copies of the notes, and a reader for exams. For students with a specific learning disability who struggle in the area of writing, some accommodations might include specialized pencil grips, printed out handouts or notes, use of an audio recorder or laptop, paper with raised lines for writing, graph paper for mathematics, breaking assignments into steps, offering alternatives to written assignments, use of multiple choice or matching when possible, extended time for projects, tests, and other assignments, and use of a scribe when necessary. For students with specific learning disabilities who struggle in the area of mathematics, some appropriate accommodations might include reviewing concepts before teaching new skills, use of graph paper, use of counters and number lines, concrete examples for real-life mathematical situations, use of graphic organizers, separate pages for word problems and number problems, extra space to work through each problem, provided math fact charts or multiplication tables, visual aids and manipulatives, additional time for projects, tests, and other assignments, and use of calculators. Each student is going to make use of different accommodations depending on what works for them and what they struggle with the most. I would also like to note that many of these accommodations can be applied at home as well. When the proper accommodations are put into place for a student, it can change the way that they learn and have a positive impact on their overall education. Let's review. So today we learned about some history of special education, specifically IDEA and some of the categories it covers. We also talked about specific learning disability and the process used to receive a diagnosis. We discussed the different categories of specific learning disability that can be diagnosed by a certified doctor. We touched on some struggles that are caused by specific learning disability. And finally, we learned about some accommodations that might be helpful for students who receive this diagnosis. Of everything we learned today, I want you to remember that these students are just like every other child. 
They just might learn a little differently and they might need some extra assistance in specific areas. It's important to talk about this with students so that they can learn about their needs and be able to advocate for themselves, whether they have a specific learning disability or they're your typical student. Until next time, this is Jesse Craig reminding you to keep learning and ask questions.